I talked about developing these videos and that was kind of step one. But what we also did is we actually turned those into training modules um, where we incorporated interactive uh, knowledge checks within there. So it's not just, you know, you're watching, you know, a couple minutes of a video and then you do a couple knowledge checks, you watch another couple minutes and, and just trying to help with retention and stuff there. A whole new era of communication in the Canadian swine industry is coming. Now you have the brightest minds of the Canadian and global swine industry right in your pocket. And what's best? You can listen to all of them while driving to a farm, traveling, or running errands. It's never been this good, and it's never been this simple. We want to thank the innovative companies and products whose support and trust make this podcast possible. Swine Veterinary Partners comprises four well-established clinics across Canada. Precision Veterinary Services, Premier SHP, Demeter, Ontario, and Demeter, Quebec. AX3 Digest is a highly digestible source of protein with a low level of potassium, giving young animals a healthy start. High D from DSM Furminish can improve your pig's vitamin D status. High D offers pure, proven performance to help your pigs thrive. Our nutrition group includes four companies, Nutrition Althena, Shakespeare Mill, Farmhouse, and Nutrition Partners, which serve swine producers all across Canada. Welcome to the Swine It Podcast Show Canada, a weekly podcast where you'll find cutting-edge insights and everything that's working in the Canadian and global swine industry. So welcome everybody to today's episode of the Swinet Canada podcast. My name is Dan Columbus and I will be your host for today's episode. And with me today, I have Mark Finn, who is a training resources coordinator at Canadian Pork Council. And I'll let you talk, I'll let him talk about his other uh, roles and titles when he introduces himself. So, uh, well, but welcome uh, Mark to the, to the show. Yeah. Thanks for having me, Dan. Appreciate it. Yeah. Uh, so, Mark, just because some people might not be aware of who you are, uh, I'll just ask you to kind of introduce yourself and give a little bit of background into your journey so far. Sure. Sounds good. Yeah. Uh, so, I uh, I joined Manitoba Pork on staff back in 2010. So, I've been around for a little while. Um, right now, for Manitoba Pork, I act as the uh, uh, director of um, quality assurance and animal care programs. Um, but I was, uh, I started getting contracted with Canadian Port Council back in late 2019. Um, and they brought me in to work specifically on developing training resources, uh, for pork producers, recognizing, um, recognizing there would be obviously some benefits to, uh, having some standardized training created across the country. And, uh, so that's kind of how I got brought into this. Swine Veterinary Partners offers a full range of animal health and production services to Canadian pork producers. We approach health management through personalized solution with concern for profitability while taking into account performance and the well-being of your animals. Yeah, so I mean, you, you mentioned the kind of the topic of today's episode, which is the the, the creation of those resources and, and what they are. So I guess we'll jump right into it with basically, you know, you kind of said you, you got brought in to do this, but I'm just wondering a little bit more of the background of how this kind of got started and, and, and up and running and what was what was the goal, I guess? Sure. Yeah. Uh, a little bit of background, I guess. Um, I, I mean, I, I with Manitoba Pork, we developed some um, some pig handling training. Um, now, this is dating back to probably like 2013, 2014 or something like that. Um, so we started developing that that training, and then other other provinces were developing some some different training materials as well, whether it be video or or, or other resources. 
I started recognizing that we were seeing some some uh, duplication of efforts, I would say, right? So, um, so I started having a conversation with within Canadian Port Council as well as with some of the other provinces about the option uh, or the opportunity to develop some national resources so that we could save, um, you know, time and and money and and not not duplicate efforts. And so that's kind of where it started. So. Um, we put in an application um, to the Canadian Agricultural Partnership funding at the federal level um, to uh, to cover um, to cover a bunch of training resources, and so we ended up uh, running that project. Um, just finished in March, but for three and a half years, and so I, I was actually contracted for about seventy percent of my time with Canadian Port Council. So was able to commit quite a bit of time to developing these resources, and so. Um, you know, we set up a, a committee uh, at, at the Canadian Port Council level that involved a number of different people from across Canada um, to sort of look at what the priorities for training resource, resources were. And so um, had a bunch of different things that we ended up developing, but the primary thing was actually videos. So um, anyways, we cover a number of different topics, I guess, on that. And so, uh, yeah, the main objective was to develop all that sort of stuff. And so, and, uh, there's a bunch of benefits, I guess, to that. So, yeah. So you, you mentioned, you know, a lot of the different provinces were already kind of doing this. So, you know, it, when, when creating this committee, what, what is the composition of that committee? You know, are the different provinces still on board or who, who are the partners on this? Yeah, sounds good. Yeah. So, I mean, um, I, I guess I should say, like, when the provinces are developing stuff, like a number of us were kind of including me at Manitoba Pork, we're developing this stuff uh, off the corner of our desk, right? Like as small projects came up, we do a little bit and stuff, but we realized there's there was a whole bunch of stuff we could actually develop if someone actually committed the time to it. And that's really where this where this got born. So um, as far as the committee at the national level, um, yeah, what we ended up doing is deciding, trying to pick out people that were kind of involved in developing training in the past um, and, and put together that, uh, put together that committee. So we made sure we had representation from each of the provinces. Um, you know, we got veterinarians uh, sitting on the committee. we got producers sitting on that committee and we have staff from the provincial pork organizations and I'm probably missing some, um, but uh, but set up that committee to really prioritize things and and kind of give the final stamp of approval. Um, the truth of the matter is we covered like ten or so different topics, um, and there'd be you know anywhere between say five and you know I can't remember the top number was thirteen different videos per topic or something like that. And every time we had a different topic area, we'd have to set up a different working group that w- like provides um, uh, provided expertise in that area specifically. Um, so um, even though we had that one committee at the top level setting the priorities and doing the final approvals, we had a whole lot of other people working on working groups underneath that to, to, to get these things developed. Yeah. So, so you mentioned, you know, a, num- a number of different topics. So I guess we can delve into giving a little bit more specifics, you know, like what what were those topics that you kind of focused on and, and um, how did that process look, you know, when uh, when you started going through and actually making these videos? Like, how did you go about that? Yeah, I mean, I, again, it started at the at the committee that that committee level. We call it the training review committee um, at the Canadian Port Council, and so um, we we ended up developing, I guess, these resources in in basically three different phases. And so the first phase, um, I mean, we prioritized, for example, biosecurity. We said, okay, let's develop some biosecurity resources, and um, so we ended up developing twelve different videos on different aspects of biosecurity on farm. 
um, through that. And like I said, we set up a topic specific working group that specializes in biosecurity. So including, you know, veterinarians, again, producers and, and other people that provide speciality to that across the country. Um, I think that was kind of one of the big benefits of doing like a cross Canada approach to this too, because I think even when we were developing resources before at the provincial level, we'd pull in our, you know, the, the expertise we had within the province, but didn't necessarily reach across or across the country for people that were maybe, you know, had more involvement in those topic areas. Um, so I, I thought that brought a lot of benefit too, because I, th- I think we really brought in the best experts from across the country and weren't, you know, handcuffed to just people from within our province. I, yeah, I guess so biosecurity was one of the one of the issues, I guess, like, what are the other types of uh, uh, topics that you you kind of identified uh, with that? So, you know, what, what would be available uh, with regards to the training? Sure. Um, yeah. So, I mean, some of the other topics we covered, like we've got a suite of videos on group sow housing. Um, we did some stuff that kind of matched up with the pig safe pig care programs. And so we like for animal based measures that we do when we look at condition of animals on farm during that, we wanted to provide some clarity around that. Um other stuff on just um, barn operating barns, like um, just basic, like what what you expect to um, sort of cover if you're managing the grow finish area, or if you're ma- managing a nursery barn, if you're managing an on farm feed mill, like we covered a whole bunch of topic areas in that, um, as well as like touching on some stuff related to handling and, and storage of veterinary products, um, preparing animals for for transport. Um, covered a whole bunch of different topic areas. And like I said, set up different working groups to deal with each of those topic areas. Um, so, yeah. So, so I'm, I'm actually wondering too, you know, cause this, you know, spans, spans across the country, um, you know, and, and we tend to compartment, compartmentalize, you know, the provinces and stuff like that. But I'm wondering, like, once you started getting these people together and discussing the issues and what they had been addressing, like, were the issues that were like priority different depending on what area of the country or where that expert was coming from, or was it kind of all uh, very similar across the whole the whole industry? Yeah, I mean, I mean, the videos when we or we looked at developing them or any of the resources, what we're trying to develop is like you know um, training on best management practices across the country, right? And so, I mean, when we have the conversations within those working groups, like there's there can be. Uh, different opinions, I guess, on on what the best management practice is. And, and I can think of like maybe a couple scenarios where, um, you know, we couldn't, we almost had to generalize what was, de- uh, what was shown in the training more because there wasn't a national consensus. But I'd say like, probably like 98% of the material that we ended up developing, um, we landed on a consensus on like one specific way to do things. And so like, I'm really confident, I guess, based on like the experts that we had involved and being able to reach consensus on it, that, I mean, as at least at the time that we finished doing the videos, that was the best management practice across the country. And I've said to a number of people, like, you know, a pig in, a pig in Alberta is the same as a pig in Quebec. So like what, you know, <laughs> We we say that all the time, but sometimes it doesn't seem like industry looks at it that way, right? Where it's like, no, yeah. we're in Ontario, no, we're in Alberta, like <laughs> not to, and don't take anything about picking those two provinces or just east and west. But <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, it's just it's interesting. So I guess too, because you were trying to you know maybe generalize in some ways uh, for for certain things. So when you were identifying maybe 
where to go and do that video? Was there like a, a set of criteria that a facility needed to have to be considered for, for that? Or, or how, like, how was that decision made? Well, honestly, like, I mean, one of the kind of um, limiting steps was the availability of, of people being able to actually develop, like develop the videos in the production, right? And so um, we really, we kind of created a network across a, a country of different organizations that have been involved in developing training for for pork producers in the past. And so like Prairie Swine Center is one of them. Um, CDPQ would be another in Quebec, um, EQSP in Quebec as well. Um, you know, like, so we have different organizations that have done this sort of stuff before, but you can only handle a certain amount of work at the same time. Right. And so my, my role in this was like, I, I mean, I was involved, I guess, in all of the, the, the working groups, like I helped organize and coordinate the working groups and hold the, the meetings to discuss, um, like what goes into these things. Um, but a lot of it was just project management stuff. Like I was just, you know, coordinating, I guess, with the different organizations, um, developing the training and, and providing that and making sure that, you know, we're juggling a whole bunch of balls in the air at the same time, and making sure none of those kind of fall. And so um, I'll tell you, after three and a half years on the project, I'm, I, yeah, I was happy to have a little bit of a break after that. So <laughs> still, try, still trying to manage my, 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 you know, my core role at Manitoba Pork as well. So that's, yeah, that's a, that's a long time. Like that's like PhD level project type thing, right? Like <laughs> yeah. for, yeah. for, le- for level of commitment. But it's funny. Yeah, I, got, I, I feel like I got thrown in the deep end with project management, which is good. I've got like, you know, whatever, like it's, it's been, it's been a fun challenge and getting to work with so many different people across the country. Like we have a really good team of people across the country and, um, and some great organizations to work with. And so um, it's been, it's been a pleasure in that way and it's been a fun challenge, but yeah, I don't mind a little bit of rest too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. Um, you know, we, we've been focusing a lot on the video aspect of, of the training, but you did mention that there were other resources and formats that you had worked on and developed too. So maybe let's just discuss, you know, a little bit of w- what are the other resources that are part of this? Yeah, sounds good. Um, yeah, like, I mean, um, I guess some of the other stuff we have, like we, we did a bunch of stuff on humane transport, which kind of, you know, aligned with the changes to the health of animals regulations at the federal level. Um, so saw that as that was one of the phase one priorities because it had, it had kind of just been um, um, just come into effect in, in, in early 2020. Um, it was we knew about the stuff early 2019. So anyways, it was a top priority, I guess, to get that sort of stuff done. And so we developed a, a series of fact sheets, I guess, on what um, the new uh, regulations require of, for animal transport. We developed a stocking density calculator on the CPC website. Um, so it would be kind of those sorts of things involved. Um, to be honest, because of time constraints kind of going later into the project, like phase two and phase three, we, we kind of backed off doing some more of like the written uh, or like the fact sheet sort of stuff a little bit um, and, and kind of focus very heavily on the videos. And that was just a, a, t- a time constraint thing in the end. Um, but yeah, a number of different things available. And uh, yeah, I mean, when we have, when we've kind of got stuff ready to, to release or whatever, we can show a kind of a catalog of things that are available that were done through the project. So yeah, so I, I was going to ask you if it's available now, I guess you answered that question. So <laughs> I guess, uh, w- once you um, once it's made available, I guess, where are people going to be able to find this? Yeah, 
I mean, there's some stuff that's like available already through the CPC website. Um, so like all the stuff on that humane transport stuff you can find through the CPC website. I mean, the best resource for like producers and other stakeholders um, that are looking for the stuff is really the uh, talking to your provincial pork organization because they have that kind of access. Um, but the big thing that we're really doing at the moment is um, I talk about these videos and um, I talked about developing these videos and that was kind of step one. But what we also did is we actually turned those into training models modules um, where we incorporated interactive uh, knowledge checks within there. So it's not just, you know, you're watching, you know, a couple minutes of a video and then you do a couple knowledge checks, you watch another couple minutes and, and just trying to help with retention and stuff there. Um, the other thing that we did through those training modules is we recognized that English isn't the first language or English and French aren't necessarily the first language of everyone across the country. And so um, we've got uh, all those training modules um, have uh, subtitles in um, in Spanish, um, in uh, Tagalog, like Filipino, um, and Ukrainian as well. So um, to really try and reach out to all the different, um, you know, people in our workforce that we have across the country. So anyways, long story short, we developed all these training modules now, and there's 86 different ones um, in, diff you know, the different languages and stuff. And um, we're getting them put up onto an online training platform. Um, it's called a learning management system or LMS. Um, and we're, uh, we're basically just getting ready, uh, ready to launch that. Um, and so some of the other benefits of that is that for like, you know, an employee or whoever else, um, or, or the person taking the training, um, it'll actually track your training. It'll track your progress. It'll allow people to assign training to you if they think, Hey, this is the priority things that we want you to cover at the moment, or, you know, how it aligns with your training in barn. Um, they can do those sorts of things and then have a rolling basically CV of your training, um, done or whatever through that. Um, the other thing too, is that we're setting it up in a way that like a company, um, or, you know, like a producer or something who wants to train their employees, they could upload their own, um, SOPs or something like into that platform. Um, and then, you know, train or train them on the SOPs and actually track it through the platform. So it's not just what we produced at Canadian Port Council. It could be, um, what a, what a, an employee or whatever wants to train people on and just have a rolling kind of CV. I mean, I, I, I see it as a way of building our prof or like building the, the you know the the professionalism in the industry and in, in tracking our training a little bit better. Like people are still getting training on farm, obviously, and, and and doing it, but it's it's really getting that tracking down to be able to to prove to people like you know the amount of of knowledge and uh, knowledge and skills or whatever that go into working in a barn. So. Well, yeah, you know, a little bit more formal and something because this is national that you know that person could then take it. To, to probably multiple positions if they're going across and, you know, more people will recognize it for what it is, right? Like, yeah, then, then just, oh, yeah, I worked in this barn and got training on what I needed to at the time. And <laughs> there's no record of it or anything. Yeah. You know, yeah, no, I think it's... And uh, it's, it, I mean, like, when you think about, like, the other professions and the continuing education or CE credits and stuff that um, people are involved in, I mean, there's other potential uh, uses, I guess, of this online training tracking system, this LMS, and, like, you know, someone comes along to... Um, let's say like, you know, bat pork seminar or something, we could, we could set it up to, to track that they've, they've attended those sessions or something like that to kind of prove that they're doing continuous education to improve, um, their knowledge for, and then how it's applied in the barn. So would, would there be an opportunity? I, 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 and maybe I don't know, cause I don't have to worry about continuing education credits, but <laughs> would this training count towards that? Or is it just that this would be a way to track 
what you do in addition I, to that? I mean, it, it would be it'd be to it'd be to track that. I mean, we don't have yeah. uh, like a formally recognized um, CE credit re- requirement necessarily. Like I'm thinking, right. like I, I'm a professional agrologist, for example, and we do have requirements for CE credits and stuff like that. But um, I just think it's a good way to demonstrate your professionalism in general or whatever to uh, um, to show that you've done this training and so. I'm not saying yeah. I'm not saying it's just the like I said not just the Canadian Port Council training. There's a whole bunch of different training we could like have on there to kind of have this rolling CV, and then you know an individual could sh- show that or whatever as a way to kind of up their standing as well in the in the pork sector. So yeah, no, definitely. I think it's it's de- uh, a benefit. You know, I've been hearing Ken talk about this for for probably well three and a half years, I guess. <laughs> yeah. So that's why I was like, okay, let's get you on. And talk about this, let people know that it's coming up and, and hopefully we can uh, get the message out there and get people uh, involved in taking advantage of this. Yeah, no, I'm really looking forward to it. Um, yeah, it's it's been a lot of work. I'm really looking forward to launching the platform. I think it's going to be enjoyable. Like we've tried to, we've tried to really kind of gamify it a little bit with how we've done the interactive knowledge checks and stuff. And, and we're developing that into an app so people can just use it on the phone and do it. Um, offline if they want they could do it on a computer online if they want like um, so try to make it as accessible as possible to people and 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 present it in a fun way that you actually want to do the training and not uh, you know just feel like you're obligated to so um, I look forward to demonstrating it and I, I'm thinking that we'll you know we'll probably be showing up to a few of the um, um, pork sector events like seminars and stuff like that early in the new year and um, and kind of showing some of this stuff off on tablets and stuff to just get people oriented. But the, the main administrators really for us are going to be the provincial pork organizations, though. So that's really the best place for people to go to if they're they're kind of interested in, in getting on board. So, yeah, I guess the, the last two questions I have uh, would be, you know, is, is there a cost to this for, for the producers or the trainees? And I get when when are you expecting it to launch? Yeah. Um, yeah, there will be a cost involved. Um what we're trying to do, um, what you know, Canadian Port Council is trying to do is they're trying to uh, be able to uh, charge a cost so that we're able to maintain a sustainable um, uh, uh, training development program, basically, and so that we can produce like a new series of training videos every year or update ones if there's like you know the best management practice changes over time based on you know research and all that sort of stuff. Um, so anyways, we're trying to create something kind of sustainable on there. And so, um, I mean, the, the talks now are, we're looking at charging about $50 per user per, for like a 12 month subscription onto it, which is, um, you know, it's a fraction of what you'd be looking at paying if you were to look at other commercial options for this sort of thing. And so, um, and really that's just to cover the cost of continuing to develop more training so that we can continue to be, um, useful kind of in the long term. So, um, and as far as a launch goes, I mean, um, I'm hoping that I can start talking with some of the provincial pork organizations even even later in this year, um, definitely by January to get them familiar with it and comfortable with it so that they can they can go on and um, provide the advice, I guess, to their producers and be able to give them access. But um, I mean, we're looking kind of late winter probably is when when we can start on um, onboarding producers. So, yeah, so people can keep a lookout for it and, and hopefully, you know. Get it, get in on it when it when it finally gets out there. Um, so before we get to our, our other three questions, you know, give the opportunity for a, a take home message that you want people to get from from this episode. 
Yeah, like I think, I mean, the, the availability training obviously is a key take home message. But one of the things I'm kind of most proud of about this, like this whole project and doing this is just the collaborative nature that we have across our, our pork sector in Canada and, and the people we've had involved. Like I think we, I think we developed some um, really high quality resources for people. And I think it's um, because we're able to collaborate across the country and, and have so many different organizations and individuals and producers and, and um, other experts involved in this. Um, so I'm, I'm confident, I guess, in the, in the quality of this work um, based on how many people we had involved in their expertise. And so I'm just, um, I'm, I'm looking forward to birthing this and getting <laughs> out into the hands of producers. So, no, I, like you said, I think, I think it's a great project, you know, lots of people involved and it shows what happens when the industry all comes together, you know, and, and can create something. So no, that's great. It's time for our famous three. Um, so before I let you go, we have the three questions that we ask all our guests. <laughs> so uh, our first one is your favorite swine related resource. And I think I got to take you can't use these videos because I think that's obvious. So I got to force you to pick something else. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I yeah. I'm, <laughs> I don't often give myself a pat on the back. So um, <laughs> um, but no, I, I'm this is gonna be kind of a lame response, Dan. But honestly, like my the biggest resource is actually just just the team of people we have across the country. Um, like I lean on people heavily and I have, I, yeah, I have good relationships with people across the country. But I mean, we just, we have, we have a good and progressive pork sector and, and great people that work in it. And so I lean very heavily on people all the time. So I, I don't think that's lame at all. And you're not the first one to say that, you know, I think when we ask about resource, people automatically think book or something like that. Right. But and we tend to forget that the people around us have the information too, right? So, yeah. no, I think that's a great answer. <laughs> yeah. uh, so, uh, the next question is then, you know, outside of egg or swine, what would be a book that you would recommend or like a, a favorite that you have? Uh oh, you said book, but in the question you asked me before, it said resource as well. Because what I was going to oh, say, sorry, sorry, no, you're good, you're good. Yeah. <laughs> no, I was going to say, I'm a big fan of travel, so Google Flights is probably a resource I lean on pretty heavily most of the time. <laughs> Not always <laughs> well, career related. Okay, but. there we go. I, that's like another one where you know we tend to think of the book, but I think yeah. that's good. We haven't had that before, where somebody you know gives gives a website or something like that for, yeah. for figuring things out. I didn't even know about that that uh, existed. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's a, it's a handy resource if you want to look across multiple airlines for getting to destinations. So, well, in Canada, that's Air Canada or WestJet. So, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, true. But no, I no good um, uh, good recommendation. So, um, our our last one, and I think maybe you've had good opportunity over the last three years to see this, but obviously over your career as well. You know, when you think back at leaders or pork producers who are particularly successful or good at what they do, you know, like what is a characteristic that you kind of identified that, you know, sets them apart from the ones that might not be uh, as uh, successful? Yeah. I, I mean, the thing I think of immediately is the ability to like listen <laughs> basically is, is listening to the people around you and stuff and, and kind of the willingness to change your perspective based on, what you hear from other people and stuff. Um, I find, you know, if, if someone gets caught in their own, uh, our own way and are unwilling to kind of adapt or whatever. Um, and, and, you know, you, you get caught in that. Um, and, and I don't think that's a beneficial, uh, quality as a leader. So, so really listening and being able to, to, to change. Yeah. That, that one comes up a lot. 
(laughs) (laughs) So obviously, you know, need need to do a little bit more listening, I think, sometimes and less talking. So (laughs) it's always a good one. So, uh, well, you know, that brings us to the end. I'll thank you again for coming on and and talking about this. You know, I wanted to to have you on for a while because I knew that this was coming up and I think it's it's good to get out there. So, uh, you know, hopefully you you enjoyed uh, coming on and and doing the episode. Maybe we'll have you on again once it launches and, uh, you know, we can get some feedback on it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, thanks for having me, Dan. No, I I like the opportunity to be able to talk about this stuff. And like I said, I just can't wait until it's ready to go. So yeah, well, we're all looking forward to it. So thanks again. Okay, thanks. Looking to elevate your brand and captivate audiences through the power of podcasting? Look no further. Introducing the custom podcast brought to you by Wisemetics, where we take care of the behind the scenes so that you can focus on what truly matters. Podcasting has become an invaluable tool for brand awareness, but let's face it, putting it into practice can be a daunting task. It's incredibly time-consuming and requires technical know-how, but don't worry, we've got you covered. With our experienced team at The Help, we'll handle the operational aspects so you can channel your energy into what your company does best. Are you ready to unleash the podcasting potential of your company? Schedule a call with one of our specialists today at the link in the bottom of this episode. You'll also receive a free podcast strategy consult tailored to the unique needs and goals of your business.